One of the items on our list of Semir Halachas here is to talk about someone put whether you can have a hashkacha in a sports bar. So I, I thought maybe that's a little too specific, and maybe we'll talk more broadly about um, non-kashrus-related issues that may affect the ability to give a hashkacha. Meaning sometimes a year that a place can't get a hashkacha or the hashkacha was taken away. Oh, what was the problem? And, and the response doesn't seem to be something about kosher laws. It doesn't seem to be something about what you would find in Hilchas Basar Bechalav or Hilchas Tarovis. So uh, typically the way people describe things like this, they use a word to describe non-kashrus related issues in hashkacha. What word do they use? Politics. Everyone always says politics. So that has a very negative connotation. Is it always just politics? So the answer is sometimes yes, but, but mo- many, many times not just politics. Um, so what we're going to talk about today are, are some of what we call politics, but are in fact some of the Torah-sensitive or halacha-sensitive issues that may, um, that, that may be a reason that a reliable Ashkach organization is not going to give a hashkacha on something. Now, I'm not saying all of these are valid reasons or that all of these must be followed by every hashkacha agency. I'm just going to go through some of the cheshbonos, some of the issues that might go through someone's mind if they're giving hashkacha to choose to yes or not give hashkacha. I want to make it clear that although I am a rabbi in the five towns and I have some involvement in the vadakashas of the five towns, I am not speaking for the next 10 minutes on behalf of the Vadakashos of the five towns. I'm neither authorized to do that, nor do I know if anyone will agree with what I'm saying. These are just some thoughts off the top of my head as a person who's just been observing things. So what are some examples? What am I even talking about? So a sports bar might be one example. A casino might be another example. Or a restaurant right next to a casino. A restaurant in Vegas. Why are people in Vegas if not to go to casinos or whatever? Well, there are other reasons also. But uh, places with a lot of televisions in it that, that you can't control what kind of programming will be shown. A place where the waitresses may be dressed inappropriately. A vegan place that maybe has a Buddha statue that they uh, that they bring sacrifices to in middle of in middle of the meal, but everything is super duper kosher. Or uh, you know maybe other issues about encroaching on a local vad. You can go give ashkach in a neighborhood that already has a local vadakashos. Is that a problem? So these are the kinds of issues that we'll uh, that we'll talk about. I, I've identified I, I think uh, six issues that may that may cause one to not give ashkacha for non kashros related reason. Issue number one is lifnei even. If you hold that what is happening in that establishment is usr, and that by going into that establishment, one is in violation of some form of iser, by giving ashkacha, you are, you are sort of uh, getting people in the door and causing them to violate an iser, let alone causing the mashkiach to violate an iser. So for example, if you have a situation where, uh, let's take the example of of the waitresses who are dressed totally inappropriately and someone's going to go into that restaurant and he's going to be uh, seeing all around him these people that, are, that, that he shouldn't be looking at so that might be something that someone would say uh, would be an issue of lifnei either now or you might uh, you know you, you might have to take into account a relative lifnei either very often ashkach agency would have to think well, wait a second. What would happen if we don't give this hashkacha? Would the lifneiver of not giving this hashkacha be worse? For example, Rav Vadio Seif has a tshuva whether a uh, hashkacha agency should allow a restaurant 
to be open, a meat restaurant to be open during the nine days, or for Svartim during Shavuot Shechal Baltishabad. There's a minute not to eat meat during the nine days, or during Shavuot Shechal Baltishabad. But on the other hand, in certain places, if there's no kosher meat restaurant open at that time, many of the people may eat at a non-kosher meat restaurant. Which is the bigger lifneiver? Enabling people to eat kosher meat in violation of the minag, or causing people to eat non-kosher meat in violation of the dinda oraisa, visurim mida oraisa. So Vadi Yosef thinks that you have to really take that into the cheshbin, the relative lifneiver. What's going to be worse? Ravadi was known to have held, and a lot of people don't hold this way, that it's better to have a minimal standard of kashrus everywhere rather than have no kashrus in the places that can't meet the higher standards. Meaning some people will say, the higher standards, good, those people should get ashkachan. If they can't, if they refuse to meet higher standards, then no ashkachan. Ravadia happened to have held that there should be at least a minimum standard. And he doesn't think it's hypocritical of a Rav to say, I wouldn't eat there because they rely on way too many kulas, but uh, I'm going to give ashkacha so that there will be something at least minimally kosher that people can rely on. And uh, you don't say that that's lift naiver because he's causing people to rely on a minimal standard because you have to take into account that they may not be uh, eating kosher otherwise. Of course, you have to know the people that you're generally serving. If the people you're generally serving would otherwise eat at a more uh, high standard place, then, uh, then it might be a lift naiver issue. Or, for example, let's say a, a place says, we only want hashkacha on, the, you know, on, 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 on a very specific item, let's say. So we're just, we're just asking for a, we're not telling you to say everything is kosher here. We're just trying to tell you, we just want you to say that, uh, you know, that these vegetables, let's say, aren't pig meat, they're vegetables. Now, you don't have to say that, they're, uh, that, they, that they don't have bugs in them. That's okay. Let people deal with bugs how they want to. Can you give ashkacha like that? That lechara would also be lifneiver. I once, someone once uh, sent me a, uh, a pack of broccoli or something that they bought and it had a hashkacha on it. And then in Hebrew words, under the hashkacha, it says, it said, adayin tsarich bedikas tolaim, which means that it still requires checking for bugs. Well, then what exactly is the Ashkacha doing on the broccoli? It's certifying that it's not pig meat, that it's broccoli? Thank you very much. I probably would have been able to figure that out. That is a michshal to be able to put a hashkacha on vegetables where the only reason vegetables would need hashkacha is from B'dikas Salaam and then put in Hebrew words that half the people can't understand that it still requires B'dikas Salaam that l'chora would be a violation of Lufnever when I called that kashrus agency they were not so responsive although in their defense I wasn't so respectful in, uh, in, in the message that I left the, uh, or hashkacha on egg matzah let's say uh, where egg matzah for Ashkenazim should only be for cholim, for zikenim, and to uh, just give the ashkacha without saying only for cholim or for zikenim, or putting it in such fine print that people can't see it, that might be problematic. On the other hand, Rav Moshe in Yardea Chelikal of Simonon Beis was asked about a sports complex in Mexico that wanted uh, hashkacha, but only on the condition that the hashkacha agency not limit them from selling ice cream to people who just ate flesh, to people who just ate uh, meat 
and all you're going to be certifying is that the meat that's being sold is kosher, that the ice cream that's being sold is kosher, that you're not selling them together with each other. Moshe thought that's fine, because is it my problem if I sell someone kosher meat, and let's say they go home and they cook it in a milichik pot, or they cook it in milk, that's not my problem, I'm selling them kosher meat. So Moshe thought the lifneiver wouldn't go that far. If someone wants to buy themselves ice cream after meat, even though it's being sold in the same place, that's perfectly fine to give a hashkacha to such a place. That's one issue, Lifneiver. Issue number two, the Yisim Nikim. The Yisim Nikim means that one has to protect their reputation. One should be beyond reproach. And very often when one gives hashkacha, the assumption is that it's an implicit approval of what's going on in that place. And this is where it gets iffy. These are where these sports restaurants sometimes you have debates among the Rabbanim. Some of the Rabbanim will say, I, I don't mind taking my kids to a restaurant where there's a football game going on. My kids enjoy watching football and uh, we'll, we'll go. And others would say, no, it's so, uh, so beneath us. Uh, we approve spending time watching football and seeing uh, whatever and uh, such, such batala or whatever else. So it may, may depend on, how on whether you view sports as a healthy outlet or you don't view it as a healthy outlet, but it's a matter of associating one's name with a certain place, with the whole avira of that place. And one could imagine that there's going to be differences amongst Rabbanim from different communities, or even within the community, if the community serves a broad range of people. Like certainly in the Five Towns Farakway area, we serve a very broad range of people. Some people, you would tell them that there's a Ashkacha and a restaurant that has a lot of televisions all over the place, and they would say, I don't understand, what's the problem? What's the issue? They wouldn't even understand what the conversation's about. And other people would say, Chas Mishalom, how could you go in? How could you? So you have, you have a broad range of people that you're, uh, that you're dealing with. So the Rabbanim have to figure out the best way to resolve those kinds of, uh, of situations. Um, that's, that's why, by the way, we, we, because of the, the assumed tacit approval to everything, that's why even in the laws of Kashrus, a reliable Ashkach will not allow for bittel of Isser in the food. Even though uh, non-kosher food may be batel b'shishim, we're not going to give Ashkach on something that, that they put just a little bit of pig juice and it becomes batel b'shishim. Right? Why do we not do that? I eat batel, so it's kosher. That's, that's what it says in the Aradeya. No, because by, by giving Ashkach, we're saying we agree with what they're doing. We allow them to do what they're doing. And that's called that they're, we're, we're telling them to be and that's not okay. A third reason that Hashkachas might, might uh, refrain from lending their name to an establishment is if there's a fundamental lack of trust with the owner of the establishment. Not in Kashrus issues. He may be a very, very religious Jew, but he's not so careful about laws of Chosh and Mishpat. He's a Ganav. He steals from people. So uh, there's an old saying in the business. Uh, I've only heard it recently, but apparently it's a very old saying in the business. No Yashrus, no Kashrus. If a person is not going to have Yashrus in his business dealings, then you can't trust him in the world of Kashrus. A fourth reason uh, that, that one might not give, give Ashkach is just a general sensitivity to one's own community and what's happening in the community. For example, some Ashkach agencies might say, or some local Vadim might say, that you want to open up a pizza shop, but there's a very tiny Jewish community, and there's already one pizza shop, and they're barely hanging on. It's going to assure mutual destruction if you open up another pizza shop. And they may try to discourage something like that. That's what we call the, 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 the term that they use, even though it's not a halakhically accurate term, is hasagas gvul. 
and uh, you know, certainly in larger communities, uh, well, we, we, we don't get involved in those things. And we say, you want to take each other to a based in, go take each other to a based in. As a cautious agency, we're not going to get involved in those things. You're very rarely going to win a case. I remember when I was a kid growing up in the five towns, when Shula's Pizza opened up, a uh, block and a half down from Sabra's Pizza. I don't think either store still exists as, uh, as they were. But, uh, but, but I remember the, the argument was that the five towns community cannot handle two pizza shops. Now, now, now they, could, they, they, they handle, I don't know, seven pizza shops? So, but but if, if, if that's a sensitivity, if that's an issue, then that's something that, uh, that, that for, the better of the, for the betterment of the community, the local Rabbana may be sensitive to. I asked Rabbi Elephant from the OU uh, in a recorded interview, so I'm comfortable quoting it, um, whether uh, the OU would give Ashkacha to a place that has TVs all over the place because... After all, uh, you know, you never know what they're going to be showing on the programming, and even if they're just showing sports games, there could be cheerleaders or whatever else that may be inappropriate. And he said they would give ashkacha, and they do. They do give ashkacha to places that have televisions, but they would want there to be at least a spot in the establishment where you can go and not be watching TV, where, uh, where you could sort of escape from that, because he doesn't want anyone to walk in and feel like there's nothing for them there. I, that's a sensitivity. Is that a cautious issue? Not, no, it's not, but it's a sensitivity issue of being sensitive to the needs of the community or the, uh, the needs of the people, not wanting anyone to be uncomfortable. A fifth reason might be that one does not want to encroach on the local vibe. Rav Moshe has a tshuva, I didn't have a chance to find it just, just now, but Rav Moshe has a tshuva where he says that a person is not allowed to give hashkacha when, uh, when the, 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 in, in, in a community that is not his own, when there is a local vad there that takes care of the kashras of the community. And there's a very simple explanation for that. Those who are best equipped to understand what the standards should be for that community are the rabbis who represent the people of that community. For example, if I were to go and give Ashkacha in Williamsburg and I were to allow them to have non Chalav Israel, that would be inappropriate because in Williamsburg, uh, the, shint, uh, the, the, the standard of the community is that they're makbid on Chalav Israel, I assume. Not, not the hipsters, but the Hasidim, I think, I, I assume, are makbid on, uh, on Chalav Israel. So that's probably not something that is up to their standards and uh, would be inappropriate. Or if you want to go give Ashkach in the five towns, but you let the place be open on Shabbos. So that luchor is not up to the standards of that community. A person has to be familiar with what the standards of the community are. And therefore, when outside Ashkachas come in, it is accepted in the industry that they ask the local Rabbanim first for Rishos. A reliable Ashkach will ask the local Rabbanim first for Rishos, and they sometimes will grant it. Sometimes not, but sometimes they will if there's reason to grant it. For example, there was one place in uh, one of the tri-state area communities where the Rabbanim weren't comfortable giving Ashkacha to a, uh, an established sports-themed establishment, but they didn't think it should be without Ashkacha, so they allowed they allowed someone else who's a reputable name in the kashrus industry come and give Ashkacha in that place, and that's uh, that's okay if it's done with with their with their permission. A a uh, another reason. That, and by the way, Rav Moshe writes, so w- what if you don't agree with the local Vahad on, on the standards, but you're a local rabbi, so should you not be part of the Vahad? Rav Moshe writes, you're a you don't have to agree on everything. As long as the people that you're with in that Vahad are Yerei Shemayim, and what they're doing is based on, 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 on Halacha, and not just based on uh, you know, uh, lack of Yerei Shemayim, so you could be part of that group, even if you don't necessarily agree with all of their 
with all of their shitos. And the final reason one might not want to give hashkacha in a place is the person who's giving the hashkacha might realize that it's over their heads, that this is beyond them, that this is the kind of product that should require a bigger hashkacha. There are five very well-respected national hashkachos, and uh, it's uh, accepted more or less in the kashos industry that if you are going to be packaging a meat product, for example, or you're going to, you know, not, not just selling in a, in a, in a restaurant and, and cooking in a restaurant, but packaging to be sold, uh, to be distributed, a meat product, or you're going to be packaging matzah to be distributed and sold, or wine, those three, matzah, meat, and wine, there's like a heightened sensitivity, and the assumption is that it should be dealt with by a national, nationally recognized and respected ashkacha, and shouldn't be dealt with by the little guys who are often not necessarily capable of having the same level of, uh, of oversight that, uh, that, that the, the larger organizations are capable of having. These are some of the reasons that I was able to think of. I'm sure there are more. And of course, there's also politics and fighting and things like that as well. But not everything, what I'm trying to show you is not everything is politics. Sometimes there are uh, other issues that are legitimate sensitivities, legitimate issues that come up and that have to be dealt with that are not that are not necessarily kashrus related. I give you the, the I, I, I gave the example before the Buddha statue. Someone told me that a friend, a good friend of mine, um, I, uh, who happens to be uh, an oral surgeon, I was just by his office the whole day yesterday, and uh, and and he said that he was once at a restaurant and. It was under a hashkacha, and he was with some sort of business uh, deal, and it was some sort of uh, business meeting or something. And uh, they, 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 he noticed that there was a statue in the middle of the restaurant, and they actually brought food and were maktir ketores to the to the statue. They served like a portion, and, you know, at the beginning of each meal. And he's like, "Wow, that really looks a lot like a vodazara." So he called up the Rava Machshir afterwards, and the son of the Rava Machshir answered the phone, and he said, "Can I speak to Rabbi So and says, "Oh, he's not home." Well, What's this in reference to? Well, it's in reference to this restaurant. It was actually quite disturbing. They were like being makter ketores lava desar in the middle of the. So uh, the son said, "Yeah, I know. It's terrible. It's really not right." He said, "Well, why does your father give it? A- I don't know. I keep telling him he really shouldn't give ashkacha." So that's a problem. That's something you may you may want to refrain from giving ashkacha to such a place, even though the food may be perfectly kosher in terms of the dinim of taroves and basar b'chalav. So these are some of the issues that come up, but again, I'm sure there are many more examples.